I'm Jessie Delo, your host of Madly Forever, a podcast in collaboration with The Fullest. Each episode, I'll help people move past their vision boards to create a life and relationship that they truly love. I, sometimes along with the help of my husband, Brian, will interview a variety of experts, psychologists, couples, and business partners to discover the science and secrets to successful compatibility. By pairing my expertise for manifestation with my background in therapeutic healing, I have manifested the life of my dreams. With this podcast, I aim to help others find their optimal alignment as well. Hi, guys. I'm here today with Anthony and Melanie Clark, a.k.a. the Amazing Clarks, who are lifestyle and love coaches. And I'll let them introduce themselves before we get into it. Yes, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm Anthony Clark. They, uh, this is Melanie Clark, my gorgeous wife. They Hi, call, everybody. They call us the Amazing Clarks because we empower people to live amazing lives. And we're certified love and lifestyle coaches. Yes. And a husband and wife duo. Love yes. that. And we've been married for 28 years and we just love, love and each other. So we coach people and teach people how to attract more love in their lives. In every aspect of their lives. I love right. that. And we've been coaching together as a team for about 20 years now. Yeah. About wow. 20 years. So that's pretty early on. I feel like this life coaching game has been more of a recent thing. Yeah. But you guys are like OG life coaches. <laughs> you got yeah. it. Yeah. We've been at it for a while. Yeah. So how did you get into it? It started with this guy. Right. It started with me. So I'm sure you've seen the movie Hitch. Right. Yeah, I love okay. that movie. <laughs> that movie, to the T, is my story. To this day, I'm convinced that somebody found my story and they turned it into a movie. Oh, so wow. in the movie, he's called The Date Doctor. My name was The Game Doctor. The Game Doctor. Right, and it was the same story where I'm originally from New York, from Brooklyn. I came to California to go to college and play sports, and I fell in love with my college sweetheart. And after a while, that went really bad. Um, but then we started, we broke up, make up, break up, make up. Then we started doing the ex-sex, you know, when you break up with your yeah. ex, but you still yeah. go back for sex. For sure. And then um, one day she said she was pregnant with twin boys, oh that they God. were mine. And at the time, I had an opportunity to play pro basketball in Peru and double-A baseball with the Brewers. Wow. And when she said she was pregnant, and I was honest with her, I was like, hey, I was dating other people. We weren't together. Be honest with me. Yeah. And she was like, no, they're yours, they're yours, they're yours. And so even though we did not get along, but my father wasn't there for me growing up, so I always promised that I'm going to be there for my children no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I married her, and I had to put off the sports because she needed help with, the kid, with, with uh, everything that was right. going on. So to make a long story short, the twins were born, Anthony and Andrew, named after me, Anthony Andrew Clark. Mm -hmm. for, after about three years, the marriage just kept getting worse and worse and worse. It got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore, so I, I left the marriage. And in the process, I found out that they weren't mine. What? Right. Wow. She knew the whole time. Oh, my um, gosh. So after that happened, the marriage was done. I was heartbroken because those boys were the love of my life. <gasps> I hit rock bottom. And to the point where I was even a little suicidal. I felt uh. suicidal. But then I realized, and this is, this is the part I love. Since I was a child six years old growing up, growing up in Brooklyn, I was surrounded by people with broken relationships. And as a child, I was very connected. And I would look at the adults and think like, why in the hell can't they get it? It's not that hard. Just love each other, get along better. And 
at that point, I promised myself that one day I'm going to do something about it. One day I'm going to attract the love of my life and we're going to have a love affair like the world's never seen before. Then we're going to turn around and teach the world how to do that too. I just so, got the chills. Oh, yes. And so <laughs> I would literally listen to love songs under the cover, Elton John and songs like that and fantasize oh. about this woman. And so... I'm actually going to cry, I think. Nah. And so what, even one, when I was married... I knew she wasn't the one. I could always feel that mm -hmm. woman out there. Mm -hmm. But I figured it'd work itself out the way it's supposed to work out. So when I left, when the marriage ended and I, was, I hit rock bottom, I still felt her. And I knew she was out there. And I knew I was going to run into her. But I also knew that I had to be the best me possible. I had to step up my game. And I had to take responsibility for my failed relationships, not so that I wouldn't make the same mistake. And so at that point, I went on a mission to learn everything that I could about women, dating, relationships, not traditional stuff, thinking out the box. Cue hitch. Yeah, I played the politically correct <laughs> game, the traditional game like everybody else, and it didn't work. Now I'm going rogue. Now I'm going to figure this <laughs> out on my own. And so I developed an incredible gift for understanding women. Wow. And I dated lots of women, but I was very honest about it. Mm -hmm. And this was my education. Mm -hmm. And I knew I would find that woman, the, the one but in the meantime, it was like, let me get as much experience as possible. Right. So with each woman I dated, they had qualities that I liked. But then maybe she was a great cook, but horrible in bed. Maybe she's great in bed, <laughs> but dumb as a rock. Maybe she's whatever, whatever. So it was it's like, funny. I'll just enjoy them all until I find a woman with one. Right. Then one day, I ran across Melanie. Hmm. <laughs> and when I ran, and I'm not going to go too, too deep into the story. If you want to come back to that, we'll come back into that. But that story is even amazing. Aww. When I met her, and the first night we sat down and we talked at a nightclub, and we met at a nightclub 28 years ago, the conversation immediately went to spirituality, hmm. um, life on a larger scale, everything that I was about, chasing your passion, chasing your dream. And I knew that she was the one. You guys were on the same wavelength. Definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, I, and, I never, and you saw that in each other. Yeah, and I had, I had never met a woman up to that point that had all of those amazing qualities. Right, and, and so, your whole journey had brought you to that point. Yes, To meet yes. each other. Yes. Absolutely. And so uh, he started coaching because of his journey. Men, other men saw like, hey, this guy knows how to attract women. He knows he can make it happen. Right. So he started coaching other men because they were always asking him questions. Wow. Right. And <laughs> even after we were together, that was still happening. He would go out and go to say Starbucks and he'd come uh -huh. home and he'd be like, oh, I didn't get any work done. Like all these guys keep asking me about women and I'm spending all my time coaching. <laughs> and I was like, well, obviously that's your talent. That's wow. Your so you were doing passion. something different professionally and then it parlayed into that. Right, right. I, I was actually in law enforcement for a while. Uh, and But that was always my passion. Wow. And so, like she said, I was always coaching men and and I was really good at it. Got great results. Yeah. But then at a certain point, once I met her, I realized that if I really wanted to make a big difference, I have to work with couples, not just the men. Uh, the women have so to get true. it too. And the marriage is the foundation of our society from our mm -hmm. perspective. So if you want to change the world, start with the marriage because then that will affect the children and then affect and so on and so on. Totally. And it's uh, the model exactly. that people witness. Exactly. Yeah. So then she's, she always had the talent because we built our relationship on trial and error, thinking uh -huh. out the box the same way. And um, so I saw that, that she had the gift 
And I would try to encourage her, like, babe, we're going to coach together. And she was like, that's not my thing. That's your thing. That's your thing. It was like, I still see it. You can say no, <laughs> but I'm going to hold that vision. One day, you'll right. see, you'll see. And eventually, she came around, and she stepped into her power. And then we started coaching as a couple and been doing it ever since and wow. transforming countless numbers of marriages and relationships. And we love it. We work it's together. such meaningful yeah. work. Oh, yes. definitely. But to come full circle, that childhood vision that's what I'm living. That finding my soulmate and turning around and helping the world to learn how to love, that's what we do. That's our mission. Right. And we've been doing it for 20 years, and it's been amazing. Amazing. And so not only do you work with couples, but people who are trying to attract love, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, singles that want to attract love, um, couples, and even people that just want to build a stronger spiritual connection or to, or to become conscious creators. And a lot more enlightened right. because truly the, the, the key to a great relationship is like we always say, I love this woman to death, but she does not fulfill me. Mm -hmm. Nor is it her job. Is mm -hmm. it her job to fulfill me? Nor is it possible for her to do that. So my job, first and foremost in this marriage, is for me to be the best me, for me to be self-fulfilled, to mm -hmm. fill my own void, right. to be the best me. And so likewise, I don't fulfill her. Mm -hmm. That's her job. And she's doing that over there. So when you get two people together that are self-fulfilled, it's easy to build a great relationship on top of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a healthy one. And no, so yeah. you come to each other whole. So Definitely. your work is getting someone to find their wholeness mm -hmm. and then combine together to create something greater than, than two whole people, like this other layer on top of that. You got it, sister. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So what do most people come to you for in terms of their relationship? What is like the most common struggle that you see? You know, um, we found over the years in all the coaching that we do that it really boils down to worthiness. Mm. People are trained to not feel worthy. And so they're looking outside of themselves to find someone to mirror that worthiness to them. And if they're single, they feel like I don't have it. I'm not good enough because I don't have it. Right. Um, in marriages, my partner's not acting the way I want or doing what I want. So that means I'm not lovable. Like if we were to really drill down in everything that it is, it really boils down to self-love and people mm. being able to love themselves completely and to know that they're divine, that they are spirit and they just are it. Like they're born it. There's right. nothing that you need to do. And in our coaching, that's what we're teaching people, you know? Um, and, and also I have my own business. I have a consulting business and I work with dental teams hmm. of all things. Like I just said to the universe, like I want to help, I want to serve wherever I could serve. And I have a background in dentistry. So I'm even coaching people at work and even at work, it's the same thing. It boils down to, um, self-love. And my journey with Anthony, when I met Anthony, I had been married previously as well. I had two children and I found myself at the end of the day, I would cry in my shower. Like it just was never enough. I, if I buy a house, I'll be happy. I bought the house. I wasn't happy. Um, if I buy another car, I'll be happy. Still wasn't happy. If I have another baby, I'll be happy. I had two children. I still wasn't happy. It, I couldn't find the happiness within myself. So leaving that marriage gave me the opportunity to learn about me and learn to love myself. So when I met Anthony, I did not need him. <laughs> I wanted him, but I did not need him. So that's how we were able to come into this relationship. So whole is we both had traumas in previous relationships that taught us to love ourselves. I think and that's, that's a key. blessing. 
Absolutely. I think if you've had your heart broken, you're in a much better position to fall like madly deeply in love. Absolutely. And I think that when someone's going through a heartbreak, it's the most incredible blessing as much as it's so awful. And you're like, I would never wish this on my worst enemy as you're going through it. Yeah. It's the best gift you can be given because it shows you to, first of all, it opens you wide up and teaches you that you can survive a heartbreak and that you can be open and connect on a way deeper level than you thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you have to love yourself. You have to yes, love yourself. You have through to fall it. in love with yourself because no one can and fix be there it for, for you. yourself. 100%. No one outside of you can fix it. Yeah. And it's, so, what do you tell people that are going through? Let's say someone comes to you heartbroken and they they feel unworthy. They feel like they'll never meet the love of their life. They feel like completely, you know, just lost. Mm-hmm. What would be, you know, the first place to start? I always direct people to spirit. And I ask people, have you ever experienced your spirit? Have you, do you have a relationship, that deep relationship with yourself? Because most people don't think about it, right? Mm-hmm. We think of like, we think of divinity being outside of us. We have to go to church to get it. We have to go somewhere and right, get it. Right. But that spirit runs through us. It's part of us and it's our internal guidance system. We're just not listening. Right. So when that trauma comes, I say just Be alone and ask your spirit to help you. Ask your spirit to reveal itself to you. Ask your spirit to speak to you and guide you. Open that channel because that's where the true self-love comes from because you discover what you really are. You know, it's so cliche where, you know, spirits having a human experience. Right. Right. And it's so true. But most people just kind of, oh, that's just a saying. Right. They don't they don't live it. And when you live that, you just have this energy that flows through you that just it's overwhelmingly beautiful and it guides you in every aspect of your life. So I'm I I like hacks. I'm like, let's get to it. Let's go right to it. Let's go right to the spirit. That's how you're going to get out of this. Right. And, you know. When people, we, we believe that everything happens for a reason. We believe that everything that unfolds is always unfolding for our greater good. But the universe isn't playing checkers, it's playing chess. There's a big picture. So because of that heartbreak, that breakup, it doesn't mean what it looks like necessarily. Like, oh my God, this disaster, no. We're on one level and we're always striving to get to the highest levels. How are you gonna get to the highest levels? To go there, you gotta grow there. Mm. It's not going to come to you. You got to go to it. So to go there, you got to grow go there. there. You got to yeah. grow there. I like that. So life is going to put situations in front of you. If you say, for example, I'm a I'm a janitor, and I want to be a doctor, it can't just be like, oh, here's your, your <laughs> surgery equipment. Go, go, go to right. surgery. No, there's steps that you have to take in order to expand and grow, and, ex- and educate yourself in order to get to that point. So you have to grow there. Mm-hmm. So you have to get out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. If you stay the same, then nothing's going to change. And so in order to, to be who you want to be next, you have to let go of who you used to be. So that breakup was there, not because it's a curse, but it's an opportunity. It's a blessing. It's life giving you an opportunity to go, what happened? What, what could I do better? What can I learn from this? How can I improve on this? We have a very unique perspective on marriage and relationships in general. I'd love to hear it. And we believe that growing up as children, we all have childhood issues, mm-hmm. traumas, and we never resolve them, never really resolve those issues as children because we don't have the resources, we don't have the awareness. So we create a crutch, the ego. It comes up with some way to kind of disguise it, hide it, to make it look good on the outside like a Band-Aid. Right. But it never solves the real issue. And then as we become adults, 
we subconsciously pick couples, a partner that we subconsciously know is going to be the perfect mirror for us mm-hmm. to show us the reflect, to show us us mm-hmm. to reflect that image mm-hmm. back because we can't really see ourselves sometimes. So we attracting each other to give each other opportunity to work out those childhood issues. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that attracts us to each other in the beginning ends up being the thing that most couples end up fighting about. So true. And, so true. And that fighting is because life is going, yes, this attracted you to each other, but now it's time to do the work. Right. Take That's why the they say marriage is work. Relationships well, are work because it's helping you get to that next level. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's not, then it's probably not a great relationship. Right? right. So for us, for example, I grew up in Brooklyn and I started off as a very connected, sweet, loving child. But then my environment was rough. So at a certain age, it was like, I'm not going to survive unless I get hard-edged. I got to just not give a fuck what other people mm-hmm. think. I got to be me. Mm-hmm. Get rid of my empathy. Mm. And I knew that I would eventually come back to it, but it was like to survive. It was like fight or flight mode. Yeah, I got to get mm-hmm. rid of this conscience. Survival. So I was very hard-edged, very hard. She grew up in foster care. Mm. And so... In that environment, she had to play small in order to not be a target. Mm, not so be she, noticed. Right, so she mm-hmm. couldn't use her voice. She couldn't use her strength. So when we met each other, immediately, I was attracted to her sweet, mm. empathetic side. It was like, wow, something about that is really appealing to me. Right. Because well, it was in you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so it was like I was too far to the ex- one extreme. Right. She looked at me and thought, Wow. I love how he just kicked down doors and doesn't give a damn what other people think. It says what he wants to say and yeah. does it. Oh, my God, I love that. Powerful. Yes. Yeah. So she was on the other extreme. So the opposites attracted. And it was great at first. But then after a while, it turned into, you know, we'd go places and she'd like, babe, stop. You're being too aggressive with that person. It's like, what? Don't tell me I'm doing me wrong. You stop being a pushover and let people walk all over you. You need to be more like me. No, you need to be more like me. Now the struggle comes. We call this trading gifts. Training gifts? Trading. trading. Oh, trading, trading gifts. gifts. Okay. Well, so we started to fight because we didn't know that we were supposed to be trading gifts. Huh. It was like, you need to be like me. No, you need to be like me. But then, you both needed to be like each other. Right. Yeah. So then after that a while, works. I realized, like, wait a minute. What's really going on? But if I'm honest with myself, what's going on is that I lost touch with myself, but that empathetic side of me, that loving side. And I don't know how to get back to it. She has that. She can help me to get, maybe help me to get back to that. Mm. I need balance because it's affecting my relationships now and people around me, a lot of things. It worked at a certain point in my life, but now it's working against me because it's time to grow there. Right. The Band-Aid fell off. Uh-huh. And it's not serving you anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I need to really resolve this. So then she's, you know, she'd be watching TV like usual and crying on some scene. <laughs> and I'd sit there and I'd be like, babe, uh. Why are you crying? <laughs> and she'd be like, stop teasing me. You're trying to, I'm like, really, this time I'm not teasing you. I really want to know. This time. I'm trying to get back in touch with that. I don't know what, and she would like, oh. <laughs> then she would take a time explaining stuff to me and this and that. And over time, I developed, developed this incredible thing, this weird thing called um, empathy. <laughs> Compassion. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. I remember this. And so once I got that, I had balance again. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay. And then with her, she started coming to me going, babe, um, I'm, how would you deal with this situation with this person that's being right. a little forceful with me? Oh, okay. She's being vulnerable. Let me make sure I'm really cool about how I deliver it to her and I give her recommendations and advice. 
and then she would use it and eventually she got that balance too yeah, so now you can advocate for yourself. Yeah, right. absolutely. Exactly. Now I run things. Now I'm a yeah. boss. I tell everybody else what to do. No one yeah. tells me what to do But anymore. it's so great because it's like you said, it's like the ego is the one trying to protect these things. Yes. When really, if you can just let down that guard and, and grow, mm-hmm. you're able to transcend. So it's all about like not having this ego that kind of shields you from looking at yourself honestly but you know the ego's tricky because most people don't know the difference between themselves and their ego so they don't even know when they're in their ego right people are living through their ego and they have no and if you bring it up then they'll fight you they're like no i'm not in my ego i'm not doing that right but that's when you know that they are that's (laughs) when you know that they are so part of our coaching is we teach people to make peace with their ego a lot Mm -hmm. of people think like i just want to get rid of ego you don't want to get rid of ego ego wants to protect you, it wants to fight, sometimes you need that, mm-hmm. right? So we teach people to learn the difference between themselves, their spirit, and their ego. And we do that by having them name their ego something separate from themselves. Like, I'm Melanie, I have an ego. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I do pretty good, but I'm not perfect. <laughs> so my ego's name is Mallory, and I know the difference between Melanie and Mallory. Do you call her Mallory sometimes? <laughs> well, I don't want to mess with Mallory. <laughs> she, shows up. she knows how to catch it, but I'll give her a look. I'll just be like, you'll mm-hmm. be like, like mm-hmm. you know what he'll do? Just like, he'll uh, just get quiet. Yeah. And when he gets quiet, then I ask myself, why is he being quiet? Uh-huh. And I, what am I doing that's making well, him? Well, that's a skill. That seems yeah, like a very quiet. conscious way. Yeah, he'll give me he'll handling. give me the space to figure it out for myself. That's something that in mm-hmm. our marriage we don't coach each other. We don't coach unless each other unless some coaching. unless right. we ask. Right. But we don't. I don't go to him and go, "Hey, you're doing this, and I think you should do that instead," or "You're acting like uh-huh. this." We give each other space and to you see just ourselves. Silently give that space, or yeah. is there? Yeah, it's just something that you guys are so used to. We, we practice high vibration. Mm. We live with great thoughts and great energy. We live our life that way. So if one of us is being negative or cranky mm-hmm. or you any lower that. vibration energy, yeah. instead of pointing it out, we just get quiet. Like we're not going to add to that. And then the other one realizes like, oh, wow, I'm being negative or I love that. I'm being cranky or, and then we'll catch it for ourselves. And then we admit it and go, I'll even say, like, I'm just having a bad day. I know I'm being really negative. I'm, I'm going to go take a right bath. Now, or, That's know. really evolved because oftentimes that negative energy spirals and mm-hmm. affects the other person and creates more negative energy. And then it blows up to something for no good right. reason, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, another one of the re- things that couples, when they come to us, another thing that's going on is that, keep in mind, like I said, is we have childhood traumas, issues, challenges, conflicts. And attracted to each other to help each other resolve it so there'll be times when for example melanie's a brilliant woman incredible on point but then every now and then (laughs) something would happen where she would just freak out on me and just freak out act crazy to me from what i would perceive it wasn't in proportion to right who she really normally yeah normal behavior and the more i try to talk sense into her, try to the worse it gets and eventually she'll calm down and come back like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, this chick is crazy. <laughs> run, but run, it hit false, on run. something. Right. So, but then it works both ways. So then I started realizing that what's happening is that every version of us is still just as alive as this version today, energetically. 
nine-year-old version, five-year-old version, four-year-old. That's why you could think about childhood and relive all those experiences, the smells, the sounds, the emotions, like, oh, my God, I'm back. Like, right. Because energetically, we're still... Th- or you hear th- a song and it alive. brings you right mm-hmm. back. Right. Or yeah. smell something. Yeah. So what I realized what was happening was that there were certain things that would trigger her. And then when she would get triggered, the adult Melanie would leave the building and little Melanie would show up. That little wow. girl that was in foster care, that was afraid, right. that felt in, you know, insecure. Yeah. She was worried about life and what was going to happen. Right. So when a little girl, seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, is freaking out because she's traumatized, the last thing you want to do is to try to talk sense into her. Mm-hmm. The last, she can't hear that. That's not going to happen. Right. At that point, she needs to be loved. She needs to feel safe. She needs to feel secure. So I realized that little Melanie had went through terrible experiences growing mm-hmm. up. And the world kicked her ass in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And it's her husband. So, man, I'll be damned if I'm going to do that as well. So I get to be there for that little girl when she shows mm. up. So when Melanie leaves the so building, sweet. that little girl shows up. I got to identify immediately, like, whoa, that's little Melanie. Right. She needs something very different. And the more little Melanie loves to lo- love me and feel and trust me and feel secure around me, mm-hmm. the more she'll heal. So the more sweet. it'll heal adult Melanie. The less little Melanie will show up. Right. And so with most couples, they don't realize that that's what's going on, the dynamics. So and likewise important. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and with Anthony, you know, little Anthony had to be strong and hard because he never felt appreciated. He had a lot of siblings. He tried to be loving and they, they couldn't receive that. Mm-hmm. So he would get triggered if he didn't feel appreciated. Mm. So what do little boys generally do? They shut down, right? Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they shut down. They don't want to talk. Mm-hmm. And as women, we're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Right. What's wrong? What is it? Is it me? Is it me? Did right. I do something? What did I do? <laughs> I did, was it because I did this? And so I've learned that what his inner child needs, because it's two children fighting, right? Two inner children. Right. What his inner child needs is space. So right. I just say to him, I love you. I'm here for you when you need me. I'm going to get out of your way and give you some time to yourself and I'll be back to make you some yummy food to make you feel better <laughs> just a little bit. But I'm going to give you time. Right. And that's what he needs because he's going to work through it himself. That's how he likes to do it. So and true. And yeah. I don't need to push the envelope. There's that silence again. I trust his spirit. I trust that he's going to figure it out. And if he needs me, he's going to ask me. Men are different than women. You know, we want we want right. all this back right. and forth and right. dialogue <laughs> and hold me and talk, to, talk me through it. You know, men generally don't want that. Mm-hmm. They're generally like, back up. Give me some space. Right. Let me figure it out. Right. And then offer me something yummy to eat. <laughs> and then I'll feel better. Yeah, but it's so it's that is really the way to be in partnership with someone. True partnership is understanding all sides of them, not yes. just the super strong, amazing version that you are in love with, but also yes. that shadow self that mm-hmm. they need to heal empathetic, you know, and to be able to understand, okay, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. This is about them and how can I best support the best version of them rather than mm-hmm just like beating them up for their weakness. Yes. You're good. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> because I feel often girl. that we just beat our partners yeah. up for like not being the best version, but no one's perfect, you know? And we put them on a pedestal because we love them and we yeah. want them to be the best version. But to love someone is to understand them completely. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. exactly. And you know, when coming into this relationship, we, we were very aware in our first mm-hmm. marriages, we weren't aware. We were unconsciously creating mm-hmm. our reality. Mm-hmm. And this one, we came into it going, let's be conscious creators. And when we met, we had a conversation the first night, and we wanted the same thing. Was that, you know what? 
I don't just want a partner. I want a soulmate. Mm. I don't just want a relationship. I want bliss. And if right. I can't have that, I'd rather be single and totally. by myself. Mm. Nothing That's personal. That's exactly how I was right. too. Yeah. And so yeah. when we had an, made an agreement that let's be as honest as possible with each other. It's honest. I can handle anything you tell me. Right. I just need honesty and I'll give that mm -hmm. back to you. And so going into the relationship, we consciously created it. We also knew that we wanted to remain madly in love. Mm -hmm. And when I say this, I'm not bullshitting you. Right. We've been together 28 years. I'm st still madly in love with this woman. We I stay love up to two, that. Three that like, in makes the morning. my heart yeah. so happy. We stay yeah. up to 2 o'clock every morning. We've been doing it for 20. What did you say? Years. You stay up? We stay up to 2 o'clock every morning. <laughs> Doing what? Talking to each other. Hanging out. Hanging out with each other. We just love being around each other. That's Aww. one of the reasons we work together, too. We manifest. Can't get enough. No, yeah. We, yeah. we want to be together Because one time lifetime's together. not enough when you're so yeah. madly in love. Yes, yes. It's not enough, right? I just like looking at him. <laughs> Yesterday we were home and he was walking around and I was just like, oh my god how amazing ah. is that and so tell us tell us all who are listening what what allows you guys to stay so connected because there's plenty of really good looking people who are you know super connected in the beginning and they're honest with each other and and somehow that doesn't remain and what do you think has been helpful for you well like i said in the beginning we we came into it being conscious creators and we intuitively understood what being in love really was before the data and all the science came out. What is it? When you feel that feeling of being in love, it's actually a chemical cocktail that the body's creating. It's called limerence, L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E, -E -E, limerence. Never heard that before. Yes. And so when you meet that person which and you feel that feeling of being in love, what it is is that the brain is creating this intoxicating mm -hmm. chemical cocktail dopamine, mm -hmm. oxytocin, all mm -hmm. of these chemicals mm -hmm. that literally make you feel high. Right. When you think about that person, when you're together, when you hold their hands, and, and it it's automatically... It's like natural ecstasy. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It, the brain literally responds the same way it does when it's on cocaine. Uh -huh. It's the same effect. Uh -huh. So you get a reward every right. time you, you think about that. A hit. Yeah. Right. And because of that hit, it automatically makes you focus on the things you love and appreciate about that person because you get more of a hit. Anytime we appreciate something, and love is appreciation in its smallest and most concentrated form. So anytime you appreciate something, you're feeling, a, you're getting a little hit and you're feeling a little bit of love. That's why gratitude is so important. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you keep focusing on something with appreciation, first of all, you'll, you'll feel love at first. And then if you keep doing it, you'll fall in love with uh -huh. whatever it is. Huh. And so we intuitively, intuitively knew this. So, but here's the catch with that chemical cocktail. Between one to three years in most relationships, it fades away. Hmm. And then when that chemical cocktail goes away, then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, wah, wah, wah. Right. I don't feel that feeling anymore. Right. Hey, you need to act like this or do that thing that you used <laughs> right. to do. To the make, honeymoon oh, period's yeah. over. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And okay. so before that, when you were in limerence, the subconscious mind was doing it for you, making you focus on the things you appreciate. Now the party's over. Now, once the party ends, you'll be, you may still love each other, but you won't be in love. Uh-huh. The key is to f consciously focus on the things you love and appreciate about each other while you're in limerence. And even mm -hmm. while you're, uh, once limerence starts to die out, uh -huh. if it died out already, start doing it again. Uh -huh. Focus on it, talk about it, point it out, express it. Talk about it, point it out, 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 celebrate it. What happens is after a while, for one, every time you do it, you're going to get that hit, appreciation, mm -hmm. gratitude. And then that person that's being appreciated, they're going to get a hit, 
as right. wealth because they're being, and then it makes and they're it easy. Step into that. Then they're yeah. going to want to give it back. Yeah. Give it back. And then there's a part of the brain called the reticular activation system. First of all, there's the first part of the brain called the psychocybernetic mechanism, which hmm. is a thermostat. We literally have a thermostat for every single topic in life: money, love, health, you name it. And where that thermostat is set, determine the results you get consistently over and over Super again. Super interesting. Yeah. yeah. So once your thermostat is set. Then another part of your brain, a reticular activation system, it filters that thing in and filters out the things that don't match it. So the human brain processes, processes 400 billion bits of information per second, but we're only consciously aware of 2,000 bits on average. So wow. there's so much going on that we're not seeing. But it's our frequency that we pick up on. Yes. yes. And, and so everything focus. else gets right. ignored. Filtered out. Right. Yeah. So once you have a story... I love my part. My partner is incredible. Yeah. My partner is so generous and giving. Yeah. Then you're going to start filtering in examples of that. Right. It's like you get a new car. You're driving that new car. All of a sudden, everywhere you go, here's a car like mine. Huh, car like mine. Right. Another car like mine. Did those right. cars suddenly magically appear? No. Before you got that car, they were all around you, but you weren't you were right. filtering them out. You didn't see it. Once you got that car, had an attachment to it, and said, I liked it. Then this part of your brain, a reticular activation system, 24 hours a day, is searching your environment, going, look over here, look over here. You think it's you, it's your subconscious mind. Then you're like, hey, call it mine. Right. Hey, call it mine. And every time you notice it, it roots it deeper into the subconscious mind, which makes you attracted even faster. Look, 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 look. Law so of go, attraction. Yes. Yeah. Then you go, this Absolutely. is my truth. So now, when most people go out of limerence, they start focusing on what they don't like. Right. Then you start filtering that in. And the things that are good, you're, fil you're filtering them out. Yeah. Because that's your story. Right. Whatever you start, Melanie always says, it's not seeing is believing, it's believing is seeing. Whatever you believe is what you're going to see. Whatever story you tell yourself about your relationship is what you're going to see. When you were dating, your partner was, all those traits were there, but you were filtering them out because love is blind. You, right. were, you didn't see those right. things because it didn't matter. So yeah. the key we realized was to consistently, constantly focus on the things we love and appreciate about each other. And then eventually our thermostat gets set there. And then that's what we filter in and that's what we see. So we and then even when we see things that we don't like that could cause what we call passionate debates, we don't mm -hmm. like to say fighting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I we, like that. <laughs> we, it doesn't have that same effect on us. It's not like the end uh -huh. of the world, calamity. Ah! Right. It's easier to deal with. And then when we have passionate debates, we don't fight to win. We fight to grow. So important. And we yes. fight to grow closer and understand each other and understand ourselves. Understand each other, right? not to not to just prove our point. So the fighting to grow is basically to go there, you gotta grow there. We gotta expand. We gotta get out of our comfort zone, comfort zone. We gotta be made uncomfortable in order to grow. So when something happens and we feel uncomfortable, we realize Ugh. wow, there's room to grow here. And if we grow, we're gonna get even closer and more in love. Right. So let's let's figure this out. Not right or wrong, it's just different perspectives. So let's cal recalibrate our perspectives to match on a higher level. So, right. like we say, it's like most of the time with like two sports cars riding down the road is perfect <laughs> synchronicity. Yeah. Perfect. Then every now and then, because our pers perspectives are the same, we're good. Every now and then, we have a perspective collision. It's like, hey, you move. No, you move. Come my way. My come away. And so we realize at that point, don't keep destroying it. Don't keep banging into each other. This is an opportunity for us to grow. Opportunity, yes. So then it's like, okay, help me to understand. I really want to learn and understand why do you think that way? Not that you're right or wrong, just help me to understand awareness. And then she'll, well, I did that this way because my mother did it this way and my parents did it this way and that's why I do it. Huh, interesting. You know what? It didn't work for her. It didn't work for them. Why am I doing it that way? Wait a minute. That's not even good. Huh, 
oh, I just grew. I just understood myself better. Right. And you got to understand me better too. So now I'm more closer to you, more connected. Then I turn around and go, interesting. Huh? Well, here's why I did it. I did it because I'm self-reflecting. Well, my, my family did it this way, and they tried it that way, and it didn't work for them either. Wow. Wait a minute. What do you know? So let's come up with a new way that works for both of us. So now we just grew closer. That conflict, that passionate debate, most couples, it makes them grow apart because they don't know how to use it. It made us grow closer and more in love and stronger. Totally. And if it happens again, if you come across the same thing, you'll have an understanding and you'll have yes. empathy and you won't take it personally and the ego won't defend it as much. You'll just yep. be like, all right, that's what's happening and you can identify it. Yas, queen. Yas. <laughs> got it. But that's why it's so important, like he was saying in the beginning, <clears throat> that we come in self-fulfilled. Right. Because it triggers all of those things inside of us. When, we, when the limerence goes away, then all of a sudden it's like, maybe I'm not lovable. Maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe he's doing that because I'm not good enough. But when you know you're good enough and you love yourself and those things start happening, you're like, oh, this is a bigger picture here. It's something else. But most people take it so personally because they start to believe something's wrong with them. Right. And then they become less desirable to their partner because they're not in their most vibrant state, feeling mm -hmm. confident. And, and powerful. And what you're saying, it, like when that you know, honeymoon stage is over and often, oftentimes it's like actually when women are sort of in that period where they're sort of feeling like they're on their decline and then the men are sort of looking at other mm -hmm. women and they're looking for their husband to validate them and they're feeling insecure. And that's often where people sort of drift apart, right? Mm -hmm. Got it. And also in having children. Having children. Yeah. So how to navigate, you know, your relationship with the, you know, just the, added dynamic of children and also that natural thing where you know you're not always going to feel your best in life you're oh. gonna there's ups and there's downs and how do you navigate those challenges together well right. you know <clears throat> what i've seen with a lot of couples and in my own life too is that once we have children as women and there's some whole science with that too like after we have a baby like our level of attraction from our partner declines hmm. right before we're super attracted because that's our body's going like, let's procreate, right. let's do this. Then it shuts down for about four years because we huh. need that energy for, to focus on our children. And we literally energetically disconnect from our men. So it's like, I'm flowing this love. I'm flowing this love. I'm flowing this love. Then the baby comes. It's like, sorry, I don't have enough for you. It's got to go over here because this, this baby is helpless and needs everything. So then now I'm trying to do everything on top of it. I'm irritated at you <laughs> because you're asking me, I'm empty. I'm depleted. I don't have very much. And you're, you keep asking me for something that I can't give you. Then a little so, boy shows up. <clears throat> then a little boy feels right. like, you know, you don't so love me. Back. You don't want me. Right. And then men get jealous of their children. Then they feel guilty that they're jealous mm -hmm. of their children. Like all these things happen. So because what used to be their love is now yes. being funneled towards. And now I have yeah. to share it. Mm -hmm. And she's annoyed that I want some of it because right. <laughs> she's exhausted. Right. So we just have to have awareness like this is going to be part of having children. It's going to be part of the journey. And we again, there's a the consciousness. We have to consciously make time for each other we have to consciously take breaks as women we have got to give up this idea that every stitch of clothing in the house has to be clean and every mm -hmm. dish and everything in its place like we give more time and attention to having the perfect clean house than our relationships I'm, right. i'll leave the laundry and go cuddle with anthony you know right, before, knowing what's more important yeah yeah do we have to prioritize and i think that 
when we have children, if we realize that our energy is going to be pulled towards the children, we have to consciously say, let me focus on him a little bit more. And then he has to also say, let me help you a little bit more and kind of meet in the middle. But mm-hmm. nobody teaches couples that. Right. They just get thrown into it and they're like, oh my God. It sounds like there's education that needs to happen. Well, like, definitely. okay, this is, there's a science to it. It's not personal. It's not yes. a rejection. So no. there's some sort of like prepping that needs mm-hmm. to take place. Yes. And then also intentional effort to to give energy to mm-hmm. each other. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. And you know, and we went into it realizing that, no, the baby doesn't come first. Mm-hmm. People make so, that mistake. So that true. They put the children first. No, the relationship that comes first, the marriage comes first, me and her comes first. Doesn't mean that you ignore your children, but this is what created the family. This is what's going to keep the family 100% together. This agree. is the foundation. Yeah. So when this is strong, the whole family prospers. They feel it, yeah. When this yeah. is weak, we're in trouble. The right. whole family is going to suffer. <laughs> totally and so then agree. we're being an example to our children as well. So then they'll duplicate that in their relationships and our children have because we've been that example. And growing up, there were moments where they were like, you know, you're spending much more time with dad and mom, but <laughs> they actually really like it too. Right. You know? That's how my parents were too. Yeah. I feel like I knew that they prioritized each other. Mm-hmm. And although sometimes I was like, I don't really see other people's parents doing that. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, a little bit different. Yeah. I knew that my parents were in love. And that was like a rare thing to see. Mm -hmm. And I was really like, I've been able to have an amazing relationship, I think, because of that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. too. It's it's our example for our children. It's not our words. It's our example. Right. And, you know, our kids will say sometimes, especially our youngest daughter, like, I feel like that third wheel when I'm with you guys. (laughs) I mean, because we hold hands. We sit next to each other. We love each other. We love each other. We want to be together. But then we also see that in her relationship, she has a boyfriend now. She's duplicating what we've done and and she wouldn't settle for less. She dated a few guys and it just wasn't that. And so she was like, nope, nope, nope. Uh -uh. I I am not willing to just be in a relationship to have a relationship. She's like, I want it to be awesome because that's what I've seen my parents have. And she realizes that that's special. And so it really is our example. And, you know, one of the things that we see with a lot of couples is that it's hard for people to appreciate each other. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why so many couples, they don't want to say it. They don't want to tell each other. Like sometimes relationships become adversarial and they they compete with one another. Mm-hmm. And a lot of couples coaching is really teaching people how to communicate. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you. It turns into, I call it the Mexican standoff, right? Well, you're not giving me what I want. So I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm not going to tell you you're good. I'm not going to. And it's like, you're just killing the love. Like if you want it to work, you have to push that ego aside and be able to say, I compliment Anthony constantly. Like, I think he's beautiful. I think he's smart. I think he's sexy. He's fun. It's like, why wouldn't you tell him that? Yes. Why wouldn't I tell him that? (laughs) Why would I withhold that? Yeah, exactly. All day long. I love you. I love you. And seeing each other, loving each other, touching each other. We touch all day long. We play. Uh, we flirt, you know yeah. what I mean? We've been together Yeah, because I feel like years oftentimes people forget to do all that. They're like, yes. oh, they're mine already. Like, right. they know I love them. They know I think they're beautiful because I've told them before. But people need to have that always. Yeah. But you that's to, what makes love fun. Yeah. And you know what it is? They're just not focused on it. They've gotten into the habit. Their thermostat gets set at, I need to control you. 
what are you doing? You're not doing this. You need to do that. You should do this. If you do this, then that means that you're a good person. And if you're a good person, then I'm a good person. And you make me look good. You need to be doing right, this that's and that. That's all ego. Yeah. And that's that's all ego. I have a I have my own life separate from Anthony. Anthony does not need to do anything to fulfill my right. life because I have friends and I have business and I have right. passions and I have and then we have our stuff together. Right. Like we have individual lives, but then we have our life together. And my constant mental story about Anthony is that he's awesome. He's awesome. Awesome. I can't wait to get home to him. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk to him. I wonder what he's going to make for dinner. <laughs> what are we going to do when we get home? What are we going to, we're going to have drinks after dinner. Yeah, we're going to sit outside. You guys genuinely, I can see it even when you're talking about it and you like, you just genuinely have fun together and yes. you, your life is fun because of each other. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. adds an element of fun. And I think a lot of people, when they think of their partner, they feel stressed out maybe, yeah. or they feel right. like you want to, f- you want to add goodness to the other yeah. person's life. Right. You know, in order to make it work to a lot of couples in the beginning, this is where they kind of go wrong. In order for a relationship to really grow and for it to work, you need two people that are what we call relationship active, relationship active. That's when you come into the relationship going, you know what? I'm committed to the, to growing this relationship, to making it the best relationship possible, to doing whatever I need to do in order for us to make that happen. I'm in it to win it 110%. I'm ready to go. What do I do? Yeah, it's true. That's relationship active. Relationship inactive is the Al Bundy sitting on the couch with his hands <laughs> in his back. This is how I am. I don't care. I just sit around. I'm not going to change. Who cares? Where do you go? I don't care. It's like a conscious person versus someone who's completely exactly. passive. Yeah. yeah. And in order for it to work, you need two people that are relationship active. Yeah. Not one. If one person is and the other one isn't, it's like climbing a mountain connected to somebody else that doesn't want to climb that mountain. Absolutely. And you both are going to be in trouble. Eventually. Totally. And so you have, so most couples, both partners are not relationship active. Actually, most relationships, neither couple. Wow. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So when people come to you like that and you notice mm-hmm. that, are there times when you're like, you guys should just split up or, or how, or is it like, <laughs> do you try to like invigorate the relationship or, you know, you hear about conscious uncoupling uh-huh. and, you mm-hmm. know, deciding it's best to go separate ways. How do you sort of navigate those areas? How do you know when people should split up and that it's not worth staying together? You know, uh, it is always our intention and our goal to bring people together in coaching. And we will put in the time and the energy to help them to do that. We'll give them tools. We'll do everything we can do it. But at the end of the day, it's up to them whether or not they're going to implement and whether or not they want to move forward. And the only times we have ever recommended couples go separate ways is when they just want two totally different things and they're not willing to change and grow together. Mm-hmm. So for example, if a couple, one person wants to have a baby and the other one is like, I absolutely do not want to have a baby. I don't think that the person that wants to have children should sacrifice having children just because they found themselves in a relationship with someone who does not want children. Right. That would be definitely, um, a reason we would recommend they go their separate ways and reevaluate and have a friendship or whatever they need to do. Uh, another reason we would tell people that it might be best if they explore being apart from each other is if we don't feel the love, if there's no love there, because sometimes people are together and it's not about love. It's about control and comfort. And I'm just used to this. Fear. So I'm just going to keep on doing it. 
and I'm not willing. I don't want to go out there and look for it. They're settling. Right. And when people are just settling, I think it's just one of the most horrific things you could do in your life because we only have so much time on this planet and we're here to experience joy. And if you're in a relationship and you're not able to have joy with someone and they're not able to have it with you, why would you prolong that for a lifetime? Like love enough to let go. Like sometimes you have to love enough to let go and move on and go, I want love for you. And it may not be me. And I'm sorry that it's not me, but that's okay. But I want you to have it the same way I want to have it. Mm -hmm. And in those instances, I would recommend that people Mm -hmm. split and have an opportunity um, to have a better life. We had a a friend, a couple friends, they were friends. And I remember I was with the wife one day and she was complaining about the husband. And I love them both. We both love them both. And I just had to say to her one day, I was like, you're always disappointed you're always disappointed. There's nothing he can do that you don't feel disappointed with. Why are you staying? Maybe you need to think about just letting go and going to look for what it is that you want because he can't become it Hmm. and he's not going to become it. And you're going to live your life being angry at him and him feeling not good enough. And so they came to us for coaching on how to consciously uncouple. And it was one of the best things that ever happened because we love them both. He went on and, and attracted a woman that's madly in love with him. His childhood sweetheart wow. from like fourth grade found him. And she went wow. on to like a date an amazing guy. She's traveling the world. She's really close with her family and her friends. She's enjoying her life. Like, why are you stopping each other from that? Because you married each other. It didn't right. work out. That's okay. You got to where you needed to be, move forward. It's all about love. And to me, it's not just about love for each other. It's about Mm self-love. And if one of you is not able to feel self-love in the relationship, it may not be the best relationship for you. And if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm -hmm. And if you're in that relationship, it's not going to stay just is. Sorry, nothing stays just is. And so if couples, if that's what you want, you're happy with that, great. Have at it. But when you come to us and you're going, I want bliss i want what you guys have right how do i get there then we're going to be honest with you and it's up to you you know whether you we'll give you the tools and the guidance it's up for you up to you to do the work and it's up to you to want it you know we have some people who sometimes are like make me want it make you want it that's not my job to make you want it probably with the wrong person if you need to be made to want it exactly yeah Yeah, either you do or you don't and you know and ultimately i'll i'll also say that most couples we used to do this uh, survey where we would ask people, out of all the couples you've met in your entire lifetime that have been together for 10 years or more, how many of them have you looked at their relationships and said, I want a relationship like that? Right. That's an amazing relationship. The average person has met less than two couples in their entire lifetime that's had that kind of relationship, a relationship that gr- where couples grow more and more, more and more in love over time. Mm-hmm. Most couples grow apart over time. I'm talking about the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so because they haven't had that, those role models, who have been their role models? Failed relationships. Mm. People that are settling. Mm-hmm. Al Bundy. <clears throat> they expect people it. People like that. Yeah. Right. So that's the normal. That's what they show up going, oh, this is what, how it's supposed to be. So when they meet us, it's like, I didn't know that was possible. Right. And the men even, for example, they're like, whoa, you could be a masculine guy and still be vulnerable and be like, I love my wife and be like relationship active and and still be cool and still be, I didn't know that was an option. And so it's having 
the examples. That's right. very important. And so that's what we try to do for couples too. We try to be that example and show them that it does exist and that you can have it. It's so, so awesome. But it also comes down to, and we touched on this earlier. Oh, you want to jump in? It comes down to the re- a relationship is just, or marriage is just a marriage. You're going to have a generic marriage from my perspective. Until you get on your spiritual journey, your inner journey. Mm-hmm. That's when a, ma- a, a marriage really comes to life. Don't get me wrong. It could be good. But once the couples tap into that in- their internal guidance system and go within and build that relationship, everything changes. It becomes mm-hmm. magical. So everything in the outside world is impermanent, meaning it's going to break down, fall apart. If it's a person, they're going to eventually act the way you don't want them to act. So if you invest your happiness in those things outside of you first, eventually you're always, you're always going to be disappointed. Right. That's called the hedonic impact. Mm-hmm. So eventually, this is great, but then, wah, 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 this didn't do it. I right. need that. Right. I got that. This is great. <laughs> wah, 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 right. that didn't do it. And on and on. The only thing in this universe that's permanent is energy. Mm-hmm. Energy never dies. It goes into form and out of form, into mm-hmm. form and out of form. Your soul. And then, mm-hmm. so when you build and, try, and find your happiness first and foremost within, with that soul, with that internal connection, with that internal energy, you'll never be disappointed. It's permanent. Mm. Now, once you have that, ah, I'm good. Right. Now, you may still want those things outside of you, those external things, the relationship, the partner, the house, the car, but you don't need them. Right. And when you don't need them, it's a very different energy than wanting. Well, I'd like that to enhance my already great life. Right. A very different energy than I need this. It's not I a feeling of lack. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No desperation. Yeah. So with couples, that's really the first thing that we really move them towards. We can help you resolve the other issues and the, how you speak to each other in communication. But those are superficial changes. We want to go down to the root, to the core. And so and how, do you, how do you help people connect with their spirituality and with their energy? Well, first of all, in coaching, we teach people about how they operate as human beings. I find it fascinating that most human beings know more about cars and planes than they know about the human mind. So true. The human body, um, our energy our spirit, people don't understand what they are or how they operate. So in coaching, like some of the brain stuff that Anthony was talking about, we're very much into law of attraction, quantum physics, brain science. So we literally have a program where that's the first thing that we do is we teach people how they're attracting what they're attracting. We teach them about vibration. So once we teach people how they operate, then they, they see themselves differently and they see that they're much bigger than what they thought they are. That raises their vibration. Um, then we'll do some inner child coaching. We'll go in and teach them. We'll go look through their brain files. Like, where's that trauma? Where's that thing that you're trying to resolve? We'll show that to them. That's your thing. You need to resolve it. It's not him or her. That's not their job. They're just helping you to see it. Then once they make peace with that, people start to shift. So they understand themselves. They've made peace with their past. And during that process, we're teaching them about how their spiritual energy flows through their body. And we help them to connect with that. It could be through meditation. It could be through grounding. It could be through um, getting in nature more often. 
really the bottom line is self-awareness. Once we go in and pay attention to the self, spirit does the work. We're not really doing the work. We literally are being like, here, let's just plug you into your spirit. And then your spirit's going to do the rest of the work for you. But most people don't know this. They don't understand it. Again, they think it's out there. So we just teach them how to go within and spirit handles it. I tell my clients, I tell my kids, I tell anybody who will listen, I trust your spirit. I trust your spirit. You need to learn to trust your spirit too. It's not about Melanie. It's not about what I know, what I'm teaching you. All I'm doing, all he's doing is we are being an example of spirit because of how much we're loving each other because spirit is love and you're, you're experiencing this love and we're reminding you of what Mm. you are. Now you could choose to accept that and move into it, or you can reject it and you can stay in the external world and you're not going to, you're not going to have that peace and that feeling that we have. We, we have peace. We're very peaceful in our lives because we know all is well. We're not afraid. We're not, we're not in desperation right. for the outside world. It's almost world. like undoing rather than doing. It's just allowing yourself to be with what already is yes. and like taking away the layers you've built to, yes. to like mute it. Yeah. Right. And Slowing at, down, like just stop. Yeah. And, and looking Be quiet. at quiet. And looking at life and everything in life through the eyes of love, abundance, and appreciation. Mm. Because like we we believe that our highest self, our our, our soul, source energy, universe, the creator, everything is one. And everything is made of, of love. And quantum physics has proven that everything in this universe is one. Everything is the solid stuff is an illusion. Everything mm is energy vibrating at different frequencies. That's what this phone is. That's what a chair is. That's what, and, but everything is connected. And so this is a world where spiritual beings, we we come from the non-physical, we come to the physical world to have experiences that we can't have in a non-physical. So this is a playground. So like having a drink, making love, eating food, hugging each other. These, this is a playground for us to come have those experiences, but everything is still one. So the creator of all of this, our higher selves, know that everything is made of love, abundance, and appreciation. So when we look at things through the eyes of love, abundance, and appreciation, it feels amazing. Mm -hmm. And it feels amazing because that's our higher self way of going, hey, right now, your perspective on this subject matches the perspective of your higher self. You are in alignment. And Mm -hmm. when we're in alignment, it's like a phone connection that's incredibly clear. And you can hear your spirit. And spirit doesn't yell, spirit whispers. It whispers. And it's always leading us to what we want. But when we have loud noise in our, he- our head, fear, doubt, anxiety, worried about yesterday, tomorrow, what's coming up next? We can't hear spirit trying to guide us to what we want, what we said that we wanted next. It's always trying to guide us. So when we look at things through the eyes of love, abundance, and appreciation, it puts us in alignment. And when we're in alignment, that's that zone where things are magical, where our intuition's incredible, wherever we go, people are just attracted to us and everybody's attracted to everything else. It's the, that's the place we want to be. In the flow. Flow. The yeah. flow. Yeah. yeah. Likewise, when we look at something through the eyes of anger, lack, fear, it feels horrible. A judgment, and it feels horrible. And that's a higher self way. First of all, the discomfort is a higher self getting our attention, going, hey, Hey, excuse me, pardon me, pardon mm. me, excuse me. Your perspective on this subject does not match the perspective of your higher self. Mm. You are out of alignment. Change your perspective. Don't change that person. Change your perspective mm-hmm. on what you're looking at. And when you don't do that, for one, you're going to feel more and more uncomfortable. You're going to feel more lost. 
more frustrating. You have deviated off the highlighted route and you're going so far off that you're losing that connection and nothing good is going to come out of that. It's only going to get worse. So you can't change the things people around you. You change your perspective. The outside world is just a hologram of what's going on inside of us. If we don't like what's going on outside of us, don't try to change that thing externally. Change it within. It's not an outside game. It's an inside game. And so once you learn to master that, master your own alignment. And so no matter what it is, it's up to you to get back in alignment. My partner said that, and I didn't like that. Now, I could sit here and go, well, you know what? She did that last week, and I don't like that she did that. And her mother did that. I'm way out of alignment. I'm no good to me. I'm no good to people around me. I'm feeling horrible. Why is she doing this to me? No, buddy. You're doing it to yourself. (laughs) Change your perspective. Now, to change your perspective is, you know, (sighs) yes, that did hurt my feelings. But you know what? My wife is a wonderful person, and she looks out for me, and she's there when I need me, when I need her. And she's, you know, yes, she has her things, but I have my things too. I appreciate just by changing that perspective a little, you start to feel more relief, which is your spirit going, yes, you're moving in the right direction. Keep doing more of that. Keep doing more of that until you bring yourself back in alignment. And so we take responsibility for our separate alignment. So if her ego shows up, she's out of alignment. If I, you, you're out of alignment. You now all of a sudden yeah. now, I'm, now you're out of alignment. Then he's going with me. So yeah. in coaching, not only we are we teaching people how to be in alignment, we're teaching them how to manage their misalignment because being out of an alignment isn't necessarily a bad thing either. We have a saying EIP, everything is perfect. Even when you're out of alignment, that's perfect because it's when we're out of alignment that we ask questions, that we feel chaos, that we feel uh, friction and in friction is growth. So when you find yourself irritated or angry or whatever, instead of projecting it out onto someone else, you need to sit with it and be with it mm. and be quiet with it and process it and feel it and ask yourself, where is this coming from? Why do I feel this way? Where do I need to grow? What, what am I trying to learn from this? Mm. It's everything's energy. And so we cannot expect ourselves. I know since people learn law of attraction, everybody wants to be positive all the time. We cannot expect ourselves to be constantly on positive energy. It just is not possible. Like he said, energy goes into form and out of form, right? right? So it's like, it's like you're a surfer and you're riding a wave. It's amazing while you're riding that wave, but that wave is going to crash at some point. And when it crashes, most people freak out. Oh, I'm a bad person. I'm not I doing failed. it right. right. It's, it's, the world is, it's, no, it's not. Just sit on your surfboard right. and relax. Wait for the next one. And too. just, just yeah. catch your breath yeah. and just treat yourself lovingly. Yeah. Be good to yourself. Enjoy get your energy scenery. back. Yeah. And then start swimming out to the next wave, baby. That's yeah. all you got to do. I love the metaphor of waves because that is such yes. a... Because mm-hmm. it's energy and it is waves, yeah. you know? And I think that that's where a lot of people go wrong is the judgment of self and their partner when everything is not going the way they think that mm-hmm. it should go. It's like, if it's not going the way you want, just evaluate that and go, what is it that I want here? Right. Sometimes getting what we don't want is the way that we figure out what we do want. It's, it really, really is. Definitely. The key is you don't want to stay out of alignment. No. Once you get out of alignment, you're gonna, we're always going to get knocked out of alignment. Something's always going to test you. And that being knocked out of alignment is letting you know that there's room to grow there. Mm-hmm. That's a muscle that needs to be strengthened. Because my goal is ultimately to not let anything get me out of alignment. That doesn't mean I'm going to like everything that's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if I'm out of alignment, I lose my power. Mm-hmm. My power isn't being in alignment. So that's my goal. To, to, to No matter what you throw at me, to be able to turn that lemon into lemonade. To keep me in alignment. 
and some things are easier than others. A lot of things are easier. Some things are harder than others. But the things that are hard, I don't run away from. In fact, I embrace them. Like, okay, whoa, let me roll up my sleeves. I still have some growth here that I need right. to, to handle. Yeah, so it's yeah. an opportunity. But she's absolutely right. By experiencing what we don't want, it helps us to get clearer on what it is that we do want. So we need that contract. To go there, we got to grow there. So we need to be stretched and expansion. Right. That's what helps us to get there. So, And right. so once the couples both take responsibility for their own alignment, then they take pressure off each other. They fo start automatically focusing on things they love and appreciate about each other. And when I'm out of alignment, it's not her job, it's me. Right. So then it's easy to build a great relationship, or a lot easier, on that level. And life becomes so much more meaningful because with that comes your, your connection to your internal guidance system. And everybody's internal guidance system is different. She's not here to listen to my internal guidance system. Even when we're coaching, we're, they're not, the clients are not there to listen to our internal guidance system. We'll start off leading right. them, but our goal is to tap them into theirs. Mm -hmm. And everybody's internal guidance system is different. Everybody's path is different, just like your fingerprint. Nobody's ever had your fingerprint. Nobody ever will. Your path is the same way, the way you do things, the way you think. We're not here to fit in. We're here to stand out. If you're fitting in, you're doing something wrong. I love that. You're, you're here to stand out. So I allow her to follow her internal guidance system, even when I don't agree with it. Because that's her. And, and that's respect. Allows, right. right? And she allows me back, even if she doesn't agree with it. I love Allow that. me to do it. And I think that is what allows you to grow more in love as you spend more time with someone because they're becoming more and more tuned into themselves, therefore evolving themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you give someone space to really grow into their highest vision of themselves, yes. that's when you fall more in love. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's, it's the unconditional acceptance and also through this whole process, what we've noticed over the last 28 years is exactly what you said. We've held space for each other. Like I see the best of Anthony, right? Because that's what I'm focused on. And I have watched him over the years grow into who I saw him be. He did the same thing for me. Like when he was saying earlier that he said she always had a talent for coaching. I didn't see that. I was like, no, 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 that's your thing. That's not my thing. I, I got my own stuff. No, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And he kept telling me like, you're, you're great at this. Like one day I see you and you're going to be doing this and you're going to be doing that. And I couldn't see it, but he just held that vision. And we were teaching a class one day and a lady in the class asked me, she was like, Melanie, like, like, you're so intuitive. You're such a great coach. Like, how did you get there? Like, how did you do it? And I stopped for a minute and I was like, Anthony created this vision and I just <laughs> stepped into it. That's kind of what happened wow. because he kept showing it to me. He kept showing me the best in me while I was doing my work and I couldn't see it. He just held that vision for me and he never stopped holding it. He still does it. The other day he was telling me, um, we're, we're talking about moving to Africa next year. And he was telling me, he was like, I could see that he's like, your hair is going to all turn white. When we were younger, he told me, when you get older, you're going to have this streak of white hair in the front. And I was really super thin. And he's like, you're going to get really curvy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He saw you. But he's... he could see, wow. he, he had a vision of me in the future. And as I age, I'm 52 years old. We met in our 20s. As I've aged and I've turned into this, I'm like, hey, there's those hips you were talking about. And my hair <laughs> that's is... That's what he wanted. Yes, that's what he wanted. <laughs> he knew it would come and someday. And he knew it would come eventually. <laughs> and so as I, I see myself transforming into his vision of me and my vision of myself, the same thing has happening with him. Like, Anthony is absolutely 
brilliant. Like he is one of the most spiritual people I've ever met. And it all comes from within. It's all intuitive. And I've always looked up to that because I'm a, I'm a reader. You know what I mean? Like I have to read everything spiritual. <laughs> it didn't come naturally to me because I had so much trauma, mm. had so much pain in my childhood that I had a lot of victim energy. And I had to really mm. work through a lot of that where he had a bigger, stronger, more forceful, powerful energy. And I just grew from it. Like he just shared it with me and he just held that vision. And he was like, no, you are not small. You are not, you are huge. You're amazing. And I, I couldn't, I didn't have that conversation with myself at first. I was kind of moving towards it when mm -hmm. we met. I was starting to come out of a, a marriage that mm -hmm. didn't work for me. And I was starting to go like, you know what? There's a little bit more to you than you mm -hmm. thought going on. And then I met him and he's like, come here, let me show you. I was like, whoa. So wow. we really have held that vision yeah. for each she's other. She's done the same thing for me as well. She's definitely given me balance and she's made me stretch mm. a lot, <laughs> a lot, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and I have a partner. Well, I love spirituality. I love conscious creation. I love quantum physics. I love, I love all of that. And we grow so quickly, so fast because we have that in common and we throw that off of each other all day long, all night long, all morning, coffee time. This <laughs> so we're growing at an incredible rate. Right. Cause you guys have this shared vision together. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and this is just to show you how if something's destined, it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you a little more about our story. How we I'd first love met. to hear it. All right. So when we first met, I was working and I had like three jobs and we're in our twenties. And I worked at a, I ran security at a bunch of nightclubs in Fresno. And I had a daytime job where I worked for a, a wine dis distribution company. And like I said, I dated a lot of women. And I was very honest about it. I never lied to any. That was my thing. Like, be honest. You could deal with it. Great. If not, goodbye. Mm. You can run screaming. I get it <laughs> completely. It's not your thing. But, and I, like I said, I didn't want to settle. So... I finally had a Saturday off and I hadn't had a Saturday for a long time. And I'm like, you know what? No booty calls tonight. I don't want to be a piece of meat. I just want to stay home by myself, <laughs> get a pizza, watch some movies, masturbate, go to sleep. <laughs> That's the perfect night for me tonight. And so I was getting everything set up. Was the, got the movies on, got the beer, got the lotion, got everything going. All right. <laughs> so I was chilling. My spirit said, go out. And I was like, I didn't hear that. Ignore it. Ignore it. My spirit said, go out. Wow. So finally, I was like, I don't want to go out. This is my first night off. And spirit said, go. And I finally, I was like, okay. Because my spirit tells me to do something. I'll listen. Fine. I'll go to one nightclub. Okay. I, why am I going? Just go. <laughs> Your spirit telling you to go to the nightclub. Well, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. all right, fine. So I got dressed and I went to this first nightclub and i told my spirit literally okay i'm gonna go to this club and then just to satisfy you <laughs> shut you up so i can go back and have my evening my date with myself <laughs> and so i went to the first club i knew the bouncer there and he it was dead and he was like yeah it's pretty dead tonight yeah all right i'm out of here he goes yeah but this bad chick named melanie came in and i'm like why the hell are you telling me about some chick oh, whatever i'm out of here so i left and i'm on my way home i'm about a couple of blocks away there's another club my spirit said, go into that club. <sighs> really? Really, though? Really, spirit? Go into that. <laughs> Just go in, and you can leave. Fine. So walked in. Hey, I said, what's up to the bouncer? Looked around. Okay, I'm out of here. But then 
I saw Melanie across the room. And she saw me. Wow. And I saw her started walking. She was walking towards me. And there was a bunch of older guys trying to talk to her. And she was like moving through the crowd. Like, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. <laughs> and she walked up to me. And I played cool, of course. Like, I didn't see her. And then she was like, hey, how you doing? Uh, now, all the chicks in the club are like trying to play cute. Like, ooh, like, let, me, let me try to look pretty cute for him. But it was like, there's no way I'm going to pursue any chick tonight. That's not where I'm at. And so she came up to me, was like, how you doing tonight? I'm going, I'm good. How you doing? Good. She goes, so did you ever call my sister? Her, I, her, she came to my nightclub, her and her sister, a couple of weeks before that. She was modeling. Melanie was a model at the time. She came in with a bunch of hot models, but she didn't have her ID. And all the guys were going crazy over the models. Oh, my God. My. But don't forget, I'm the guy that wrote the book, so I'm not going to go crazy over them. <laughs> so my, she, my bouncer came to me and was like, hey, she doesn't have her ID. Can she come in? So I walked to the front, and she started, you know, she was beautiful, of course, but I wasn't buying into that like the rest of the guys. So she was like, I don't have my ID. Can I come in? Wink, wink, flirt, flirt. And it was like, uh, nope, you can't. So, my, so I left, and my bouncer came back later. He was like, you sure? So I was like, it's up to you, but I wasn't going to tell her. Yes. Wow. So that night, her sister came up to me, and when she was walking through the security, like the front, I had the wand, and I put it over her stomach because she was pregnant. And I was like, ooh, you're having a boy. And she said, no, I'm not pregnant. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah. So Fail. hold on a second while I take this yeah. boot out of my Foot mouth. Take the shoe out of my mouth. And so I was like, oh, I felt really bad. So later on, she asked for my phone number, and I gave it to her. Not because I liked her, but because I felt bad. And so when she asked me if I ever called her sister, that's what she was talking about. Uh... And I was like, oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> And she was like, why not? I said, she's not my type. She said, what's your type? I said, you are. Aww. So she was like, can I buy you a drink? I was like, wow. <laughs> I would love that. Now, I knew that the woman for me was a ride or die chick. It wasn't a chick that played coy. She goes for what she wants. This woman has strength, has power. She knows what she wants. She's confident, and she's going to go for it. So for a woman to approach me and then offer to buy me a drink, that was touching. That was wow. like, wow. wow. I'm feeling this. So we sat down. She bought me a drink. The conversation immediately went to spirituality. Keep in mind, this is like 28 years ago. And at a nightclub. At a mm -hmm. nightclub. <laughs> yeah. We didn't dance at all. We just talked all night long. Wow. At the end of the night, it was like, okay, there's so much connection here. Now, if there's going to be more, need to find the how. We need to get to the sex part. Yeah. That's just where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Because if there's no sexual chemistry, it's over. don't even waste our time. Everything else is great, but I need right, that. Right. So I told her, okay, I'm going home. You coming with me? Now, she, if she would have said no, I was perfectly fine with going, okay, destiny. Okay, spirit. It's not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Let me keep it moving. She came home with me. The sex was amazing. And it was like, okay, that's amazing. And... That was it. The rest was history. Rest was history. Yeah. I just oh. thought it was a booty call. I was like, he's hot. <laughs> I'm going for right. it. You had no expectations. No, you weren't I, looking for anything. I wasn't looking for but anything. But now check out how the spirit worked with her. Yes. Yeah, so I that night that we met, I had a date, and my date canceled at the last minute. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not sitting home by myself. Uh, so I'm going out anyway. And I called a friend. I was like, let's go to this comedy show. Let's go laugh. And we went. And afterwards, she had to go home because she didn't have a babysitter that could stay. And I was like, eh, I'm not ready to go home. I'm not going to go sit at home and wait by the phone. I'm going out by myself. Good for so you. So I went to that first club. 
because there was a band that I liked and they played there. And when I got there, the bouncer said, they're not here tonight. They're at the other club. Wow. Go to the other club. Wow. And so I chatted with him for a little bit. And then I went to that club just to go listen to music and listen to the band. And I was sitting at the bar with a bunch of old guys. I've always been the type of person I like everybody. So older guys want to talk to me. I'm like, all right, fine. So we were just sitting there laughing and chatting it up. So when I saw him walk in, I was like, that's that guy that was talking to my sister. Like it, I mean, this is a little conceited, but it just kind of blew my mind because like I was beautiful and flirting with him. And he was like, no. And then my sister's kind of short and I'm really tall. Like he's tall. I was like, Ooh, a hot, tall guy. I'm a hot, tall girl. Perfect. And he was like, no. And then my sister's short and you know what I mean? She's a little bit thicker. So I was like, he must like short girls. (laughs) I had told myself he just must like short girls. So that's why I went up to him to ask him. game over here. Yeah. He was playing playing chess. He wasn't playing checkers with me. Exactly. And And then that was just it. Like, I didn't have expectation. I was enjoying being single. I was having fun. I was modeling. I was traveling. I was writing. I was learning. I was in such an amazing place. That's what happened. I was like, we're just going to have some hot, awesome sex. And I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going (laughs) to go back to my own place and live my life. Surprise, surprise. It it ended up. But you came in whole. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I was in the same place. I was starting to do You were trying to have a romance with yourself that night. Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. (laughs) Double day. And so I was in a place where I was going into law enforcement. So I was going to leave for the academy. So this is one of my dreams. And I was in my passion. So my life was great. I I knew I'd find that woman, but I was perfectly fine not having her right now because my life was so amazing. I was self-fulfilled. She was self-fulfilled. And so we broke all the rules. She bought me a drink. They tell you, oh, woman shouldn't right. buy a guy a drink. We had sex on the first date. Right. Shouldn't do that. But here we are. <laughs> right. And but so, you were following your truths at yeah. that moment. Right. And we following, following our, our spirit. spirit. Your spirit. So yes. a spirit told yeah. me to go out and this and that. So right. now I'm leaving eventually to go in the desert for this new job, new career. She had two kids from a previous marriage. So she in a job there. And so... Mm-hmm. After we fell in love, we got to a point where it was like, are we going to stay together? I'm going a whole nother different direction. You're kind of stuck here in a way. Man, we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So now this part, this second part is a beautiful story. Wow. <laughs> Tell about your father. So uh, while he went away to the academy to go into corrections, uh, my father passed away suddenly. Mm, I'm sorry. And um, it was just a, like, just really suddenly, like in the middle of the night, I got a call. I went, I couldn't talk to him because he was away. So I was like dealing with this pain by myself. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how pain changes your life. So I'm dealing with this pain. I go, I'm with my father. He ends up passing away. I get on a plane. I'm coming home. This guy sits next to me on the plane. I'm like 25 years old. Like I just handled like this major event. Like I was the adult in this situation. Nobody else was there to handle stuff. It was me. So... I'm sitting on the plane. This guy sits next to me and starts talking to me. I'm like, sir, I don't mean to be rude, but my father just died. Like, I can't talk to you. Like, I just want to talk. Just leave me alone, please. And he was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll leave you alone, but I just want to ask you two questions. And I'm like, what? Ah, okay. What are the questions? He's like, first question. You could have any material possession in the world other than money. What would it be? I was like, uh, I'd have my own island. Why? I like to be alone. But I also like to party. I like my people. I could have my people on the island. I could be alone. Okay? 
He's like, okay, one more question. I'm going to leave you alone. I was like, okay, what's the other question? Uh, if you could be any animal, what animal would you be and why? And I'm just like, this guy's a weirdo, but I'm just going to humor him so he'll leave me alone. I'm like, okay, um, I would be a orca whale because they are beautiful and spiritual and they have whale song and they use frequency to stay connected to their babies and they can find them in the ocean anytime. And I just love the idea of connection. Hmm. Also they're spiritual and they're black and white like me. Cause I'm biracial. Cool. So he was like, okay, very good. I'll leave you alone. That was that end of it. So I was like, weird, get off the plane. I don't see this guy. I'm like in my head, in my heart over my dad. And then I get a I get home. And I get a call from him. He's like, Hey, I got to leave. Come to Sacramento. Get on the train, come. He was, he was away at Academy and I hadn't talked to him in like three weeks. So I was like, my dad died. I need you. Ah." So he's like, come. So I get on the train. I go, so happy to see him. He's there for me. We're talking. Then the next day we're at lunch. It's Christmas time. And I was like, oh yeah, it's weird guy on the plane asked me these two questions. And he was like, really? What questions? And I was like, uh, I'm going to ask you. And he goes, okay. And I was like, um, now, keep in mind, at this time, we're still, like, uncertain of whether we're supposed to be together long-term or not. Okay. So we're and we've both been answers. asking okay. for a sign to, sh- to tell wow. us. Okay. Because we had a lot of, we had to give up a lot to be right. together. So I was like, oh, the first question was, if you could have any material possession other than money, what would it be? And he's like, an island. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's what I said. Wow. I was like, that's what I said. And he was like, no. And I was like, yeah, that's what I said. Wow. And then he goes, and I said, why? And he said, well, because if you have your own island, you completely be alone or you could like bring your people and you could have people you want. Like wow. you could have whatever you want. Like, and I was like, that's exactly what I said. And then that's he crazy. goes, I go, if I, if you answer the same question, the second <laughs> question, the same as me, you're my soulmate. And he goes, uh, no pressure there. <laughs> and I was like, I just know it. So he goes, let's walk. So we get up, we start walking arm in arm. He goes, ask me. So I said, uh, if you could be any animal, what animal would you be and why? And he's walking and he's contemplating. <laughs> Pressure's I, on. I can tell he really wants to get it right. <laughs> and he goes, I'd want to be an orca whale. That is insane. And Hard I to believe. just Never lost my mind. Never heard that answer from anyone before I either. just lost my mind. I started jumping up and down. I was kissing oh his God, face. I, I was like crying. Clapping oh my God. Clapping. And then he goes, I guess that was your answer. I was and like, what was the reason? Yes. The and reason. Tell your reason. Was because they're family oriented. They're powerful. They had freedom. The entire ocean. They can wow. roam. Um. I'm not black and white, so it wasn't that. <laughs> but that is right. so beautiful. Yes. What yeah. a crazy sight. You guys are clearly very meant to be. Oh, yeah. Yes. So at that point, it was like, yeah, we got to make this happen. This yes. is meant That's to be. So, it's yeah. so um, unusual to have such a clear signal. But we were asking. We were right. asking the universe to make our path clear. We were asking for a sign. And the interesting thing is... My dad had never got a chance to meet Anthony. I kept trying to get them together. I could not get them together. And I really believe like that guy on the plane 
was sent by my dad. Oh my like God. my dad was like, I want you to know that this guy is for you because wow. I was waiting for my dad. Because who asked that to someone yeah. saying they're right. grieving? Yeah. Like, and they still is... keep, like, he wouldn't let it go. He was like, nope, I got to ask you these two questions. And then you asked, that, that is really yes. the yeah. most incredible So we call thing. that our whale story. That's our whale story. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's how we knew that, um, we were supposed to be together. It was like, all right, we're going to work this out. Like, so, Everything keeps bringing, telling us that this is it for us, that this is that we're meant to be. So if you look at what I was saying earlier about there are no accidents, we have a saying, EIP, everything is perfect. There are no accidents, there are no mistakes. Everything is unfolding, is unfolding for my greater good. Even if I don't understand it right now, I don't have to because the universe is playing chess. And so I just have to be grateful and appreciative for whatever unfolds, whether I like it or not. It's because it's ultimately unfolding for my greater good mm. to lead me to somewhere at the right time, because I'm always asking for something to go there. I got to grow there. So stay in that place of gratitude and appreciation that I'll be able to hear spirit when it tells me to go, when it gives me that inspired action to take. Don't just take action, take inspired action. So go back now to that little boy in Brooklyn that intuitively said, this is my destiny. This is what I'm going to do. At that moment, I believe my higher self, spirit went ahead of me and created this life that I have now, energetically. Yep. Then said, okay, now we got to get you from there to become this. So the experiences that we're going to put in front of you, the, the divorce, the children not being yours, the career, everything turned, is going to be there to serve you, to get you to, to this To prepare point. you, wow. As long as you listen. Absolutely. As long as you stay connected and have faith and move when I tell you to move. You're good. And don't resist. And don't resist. Yeah. Don't resist. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Just, so. just love. And yeah. the same thing for me. Being Growing up in foster care and not having parents that were there. My, my dad was in the Bay Area. I didn't have a relationship with my dad until I was like 17 years mm -hmm. old. And my mom just, she had drug problems. She was an alcoholic. She just struggled. She just couldn't do it. But by me having that experience and not feeling loved, it made me want to love so mm. much. It made me want love so much. It made me an awesome mom. It made, you made a lover, me, yeah. It made me a lover. I'm a love. I love everyone. People say that about me all the time. They're like, you just love everyone. I'm like, I do because <laughs> I grew up not feeling loved, mm. but that's what I needed to go through to become this Melanie. And mm -hmm. it was perfect. And that's what we're teaching people and coaching. Your journey is perfect. Even the pain it's perfect. Losing my dad was horrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But look, I got a clear sign about my soulmate right. through that experience. And There's... without that experience, maybe you guys would have parted ways. Maybe so. Wow. Maybe maybe we wouldn't have fought for it so right. hard. When there were moments when it got hard, I remembered that story like whale story. He's right. pissing you <laughs> off right now, but he's your soulmate, damn it. Right. <laughs> Stick with it. You know, work it out. You can work it out. Right. And I think that did that for both of us. Yeah, and a soulmate doesn't mean that like people think like you're supposed to meet that person and everything's perfect. perfect. No. Nothing that goes off about, you know, and you, those, you're going to run into bumps. You got to grow there. Yeah. It'll give you the basics. Like, okay, here's your starter kit. Yeah. But now if you, you got to build on right. that on your own. Right. And yes. so life is going to throw those challenges at you to help you to do that. Yeah. But like I said, that's why with couples, they really don't get it until they start that internal journey, that internal relationship that has to come first and foremost. Because once you tap in, then you'll be led. You'll be led. Yeah. And life becomes more magical. Everything becomes more magical, totally. more meaning, more meaningful.
And so, and so since you guys are in that place and that power is amplified by the two of you guys Mm -hmm. being in this together and being able to provide that to people together, you're able to unlock that in other people, which is so amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when any person's in that place, that's when they, whether formally or not, can do that for other people just by living their life in that way. Yes. By being that example, the energetic example. Mm -hmm. Ready to go to Ghana? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what are you guys, (laughs) what is your vision for the next chapter of your life? Uh, You want to start? You can start. I'll just pick up whatever you don't right, say. So <laughs> when we've been talking about semi-retiring, because what we want to do is to leave our legacy. We want to write books. We want to do, you know, create products. And doing that here, there's too many distractions. Mm-hmm. So well, I've we've had been a, raising babies. Yeah. I've had a, a few, quite a few people that I've known that went to visit Ghana. And they've come back and like, my God, go to Ghana. You're going to love Ghana. Ghana, 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 Ghana. It's amazing. And Ghana has what they have called the right of return. So if you're from the African diaspora, then they're saying, come back home and help us to develop the country. The country's developing a democratic country, um, beautiful country, incredibly friendly people, um, very peaceful country. Mm. And they're giving dual citizenships to African-Americans that go there. Wow. Yeah. And so... Their CD, which is their dollar, is 22 cents to our dollar. So it goes a long way there. Wow. So it was the perfect environment for us to be in a place where we can stop and we can build a retreat. Wow. And we can create products and leave our legacy behind. Uh Because we don't want to leave this planet and not being able to share the things that we've been blessed with, to know, to yeah. Know. yeah. And, yeah. you know, we want to share with as many people as mm-hmm. possible. So that's going to give us that environment to be able to do that. And so that's wow. that's where we're going. And have you been before? No, actually, we're going this November. Yeah, to we're just going... scope it out? Right. Yeah. I've been doing, like, tons of research, like, over the year. And just the pros and cons, up and down. Mm-hmm. It. And I've heard nothing but for the overwhelmingly great things wow. about it. Yeah, people, like, it's beautiful country incredibly friendly people, very spiritual country. Yeah. And that's the kind of energy we want to be around. And right now we're not crazy about the direction of this country and we want to yeah. do more to contribute. But when we are immersed in it, uh, yeah. it's kind harder. of a little harder. Yeah. We want to step outside and be able to give a different perspective on it, which then will be um, more, especially while more we're, to, we'll have more to contribute. Especially while we're creating, we want to be in a very loving, positive energy to be able to do that. And that for me sense. specifically, this last year, um, our youngest daughter went to college. She started college. She's in a relationship. She wants to move to Michigan with her boyfriend that's playing football. Uh, my oldest daughter is talking about moving to Oregon with her man to live her dreams. My son's in the Bay Area. And one day, Anthony and I found ourselves like sitting on the balcony and we're like, the kids aren't coming over this Sunday because the kids would come over every Sunday and we'd have sangria Sunday and <laughs> dinners. Like our kids love us and we love right. our kids and they're adults. But we, we looked out and we thought they're doing it. They're living they're happy. Their dream. Yeah. They're living their best lives. What are we going to do? Are we just going to like work the rest of our lives? Like, is that really what was our original goal? Originally, we used to say like we could live together in a box. Mm-hmm. Like we just want to be together. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let's have an adventure. Right. Like, yes. When he started talking about Ghana, I was like, yes, let's do it. Like we could get 
our work documented. We could be together. We can have an adventure. We could see other cultures. It's the other side of the world. We could travel all over and we could you build, already a, know it. build our retirement. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just makes sense. And it's like, Life is to be lived. Let's just go for it. If it that. doesn't work out, we can always come back. And you guys are together. Well, exactly. And we're together. Yeah. <laughs> and we have clients all over the world. Yeah. And so we'll just expand our reach. 100%. Yeah. 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 And it, once again, it's it's also another moment where I'm listening to spirit. Yeah. Where spirit's going. Me too. It's where it's guiding you. Yes. And you're both on board. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank God you found each other that are, you know, up for these adventures together. Cause yes. if one person wanted that, and I'm sure you guys are so appreciative to have each other that yes. can take that, oh, you know, yes. yeah. next Definitely. step together. You know, actually I was kind of shocked because I, I, I was doing, I had done research on it and I was like, kind of like, wow, wait a minute. This spirits, this feels right. This makes sense. This feels right. It was like, okay, I don't know how she's going to buy it. Right. And so it was like, all right. So I threw it out and I was like, hey, babe, um, what do you think about moving to Ghana? And she was like, okay. Down. Like, whoa. <laughs> Down. <laughs> whoa. I hit that, yes. this on. Let's wow. do it. Wow. And so and when so you say you want to put products out, um, yeah. are there any, other than books, any specific products you want to? Um, yeah, we, for, for me, I've always wanted to do like some, um, online video coaching programs mm -hmm. so that people that can't afford coaching mm -hmm. with us one-on-one -on -one can utilize like videos and audios. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on some workbooks. Um, like I said earlier, I do consulting. I think that it's so important for businesses to have teams that are in alignment and care about their people. And I bring love to business. So I started creating a whole, um, uh, video products on team building and how to do team meetings and how to bring the best out of your people. Like that's stuff that I'm passionate about. I want people to be able to have access to the information that we have without us having to be present. Right. And I, well, want I would hire to just either hang of out. you in a heartbeat for oh, any business and any relationship. And we wouldn't thank let you down. You. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we're very honored uh, with the work that we do. We haven't, I'm not just saying this is to blow smoke up our ass. <laughs> We're real good at what we do. We I, I already know that. And yeah. the whole reason that I'm talking to you is because I got rave reviews from people who have yes. worked with you, found love, and great relationships. So yes. you guys are the real deal. Yes, yeah. and we're, we're real good family. because we're great vessels. It, mm. it flows through us. So it's not really us. It's our higher self, and it comes through us. We're just co a cooperating component. Right. And We allow it. And we, we allow it. We also have the uh, – we train as certified life coaches as well. Oh, wow. So we get coaches from all over the country, over the world to come to us to get certified. We have the Law of Attraction Life Coach Academy. Huh. And um, so we'll be doing that from out Ghana there as well too. from Ghana. And we, have, we do it online now. We used to do it live, live classes, but we're moving everything online. Yeah. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, um, everyone who's listening, who wants to learn more, who wants to potentially work with you guys? Well, if you want to work with us, you can go to theamazingclarks.com and you can contact, contact us there for coaching, singles coaching, couples coaching, spiritual coaching, business coaching, literally no matter what situation you're going through. And in our coaching practice over the years, we've dealt with everything you can imagine. People coming to us because they're transitioning and they're afraid, people with health issues, mm -hmm. certain, you name it. And wow. it's been an amazing Life journey. Coaches. So you can go contact us at theamazingclocks.com uh, if you want to learn more about the Life Coach Training Certification. 
That's the Law of Attraction LifeCoachAcademy.com. Mm. Or you can, and you can follow us on social media at Everything's the Amazing Clarks on on uh, Facebook, on uh, Instagram. Um, we're not we don't do too much on Twitter. No, not too but much. But ma- mainly Instagram and it. Facebook. Yeah, the Amazing Clarks. So. The Amazing Clarks. Well, thank you guys so much. Seriously, so grateful for oh, having you. you. It was fun. Yes, it was fun. Thank you. All right. See you next time. <laughs>